0: Today, we are in the fifth and final week of our sermon series called On Earth as It Is in Heaven. And remember, what we have been doing in this world transforming series, if you'll get it, is exploring in even deeper ways what it is we mean when we say, at Great Bend First Christian Church, our vision is to bring heaven to earth in all that we do. Which again, we have done not only to help us as a congregation continue. To become the church that God is calling us to be. But most importantly because bringing heaven to earth is what it looks like for you and I to live our lives every single day as followers of Christ. So in week one, what we discovered through the Lord's Prayer is that our purpose as Christians is not just about getting to heaven when we die, but also includes bringing heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then in week two, to get into the practicality of what bringing heaven to earth looks like lived out, we learn that. The main way we are being called to do this is by loving God with everything that we are and loving our neighbors as ourselves. In week three, we discovered that if we want to be the greatest, or if we want to be the kind of people who are considered to be great in God's eyes, then what we have to do is not go after and chase after things that we want or things that we think we need, but is to become servants. And then finally, last week, we learned that another very important way that we're being called to bring heaven to earth, especially given all that is going on in our country, is by becoming the kind of people who treat everyone, and I mean everyone, as our equals. But now that we understand that loving God and our neighbor, along with serving the world and treating all people equal, is what bringing heaven to earth looks like lived out in the day today. What I want to talk to you about today, to bring this sermon series to a close, is I want to show you, one more very surprising way that God is calling us to join him in his kingdom work. So, if you will read through the four gospels, you will very quickly discover that one of the main ways that Jesus went about causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done was through miracles. And what most people think about when they hear the word miracles that something supernatural has taken place. So that Jesus has done something to heal or set someone free, not in a natural way or in a way that makes sense to us, but in a way that is beyond explanation. Like a man being born blind, getting his sight back. A man with a withered hand having his hand restored. And even a little girl who was pronounced dead coming back to life. Now, in one sense, if this is what you think about when you hear the word miracle, then you're absolutely right, because there is no doubt in my mind. I don't care what the skeptics say. Jesus, along with many of his followers, both past and present, performed miracles in supernatural ways. Or Jesus, along with many of his followers, tapped into a power from God that we don't have the capacity to understand, which gave them the ability to do things that seem to go against the laws of nature. And it was and is spectacular. But even though that's true, I also believe if your understanding of miracles just includes things that happen in supernatural ways, then you're actually missing a big part of what miracles not only are, but why Jesus did them in the first place. So to help you understand or expand your understanding of what a miracle is, let me walk you through a couple of places in the Gospels where Jesus does the supernatural so you can begin to see that a miracle really is bigger than the supernatural. It really is more than the supernatural. Luke 9, 10 through 17 begins. It says this. Jesus took his disciples with him and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. Or, what's going on in the opening part of this story is that even though Jesus was trying to get away for a break with his disciples, somehow the people find out about it and they follow them there. And what Jesus does, instead of telling these throngs of people to go away or to come back later so that he and his disciples can get some rest, is he takes it as an opportunity Preach the kingdom of God and do some healing. Which in itself is absolutely astounding. This this healing stuff is amazing. But the story then gets better. Mark continues. The day was drawing to a close and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they may go to the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions. For we are here in a deserted place. Or the disciples taking stock of the situation come to Jesus because they're concerned for all of these people's safety. And they tell Jesus to send them away, at least for the night, so they can get what they need. Which, when you think about it, is a very caring and responsible thing to do. But in spite of the disciples' thoughtfulness, Jesus responds by saying this, and this is the crazy part here. He says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. To which the disciples respond in kind of a a backpedaling manner. Are you serious, Jesus? We have five loaves and two fishes, and there are 5,000 people out here. You really want us to feed them? But without skipping a beat, Jesus does this. Make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And here's the amazing part. They all ate and were filled. They all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up twelve baskets full of broken pieces or as you can see what happened at the end of this incredible story is that Jesus takes the little bit that he has which is barely enough to feed the 12 and he supernaturally feeds over 5,000 people to the point where there are 12 baskets left over after everyone has already stuffed their faces which is absolutely mind-blowing if you give it any thought at all. I mean, how can something like that happen? But... What I also want you to notice is that not only do you have an incredible, awe-inspiring, supernatural event taking place here, but most importantly, really all Jesus has done was to find a place in the world where God's will was not being done and to cause God's will to happen which is exactly what I want you to see. Because when you get right down to it, that's basically all Jesus is doing in and through all the supernatural acts he performs. Whether that be casting out demons or causing people to walk or as Luke 18, 35 through 43 puts it. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was standing by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Or notice that here in this man's blindness, there's a place in the world where God's will is not getting done. And so Jesus does this. Jesus stood still and ordered the man be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Lord, let me see again. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him glorifying God. Which again is absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, can you imagine watching as Jesus Touched a man who was blind and then all of a sudden he can see again. I mean, it's just absolutely astounding. And you guys need to get chill bumps every time you read about these miracles because they are that amazing. But again, notice that what's going on at a foundational level here, which is actually what's most important, is not the supernatural. But that Jesus took a place where God's will was not being done. And he caused God's will to happen. By giving this man his side back. Or what I'm trying to get you to see, which many Christians miss, because we get so caught up in the wonder of the supernatural, is that what makes a miracle a miracle, or what's most important about a miracle, is not necessarily that the supernatural happens, but the fact that there was a place in the world where God's will was not being done, and then God's will happens or to really see what I'm getting at here, I want you to take a moment and try to imagine someone facing a life-threatening illness. Maybe that's cancer or heart disease or something like that. Well, now that you have that person in mind, do you really think that if that person was able to be healed and set free of their disease, that they would care how that healing happened? Or do you think if that person were healed naturally through scientific means that they would be upset about not being healed supernaturally? No. They wouldn't be upset at all. In fact, they would be over the moon that they no longer have to live with an illness that could take their life. And all because what's most important here and in every place where God's will is not getting done is that God's will happens. That God's will gets done. That's what's most important. Now, please do not hear me trying to take anything away from the supernatural because I do believe it happens. I've seen it happen, and I know it's very important. No, what I want you to see, or what I'm trying to do by helping you to expand your understanding of miracles to include all the ways where God's will is getting done, is to help you to see that just because you don't have the ability to do supernatural things like Jesus and his followers did, that doesn't mean that you're not being called to do miracles every single day. Because the truth is, according to the Gospels, to be a follower of Jesus means that we devote our lives to doing miracles. And what that looks like. Is that not only do we pray and lay hands on people and ask God to heal them supernaturally, but it's also the case that we're being called to be the kind of people who use our natural abilities to cause God's will to be done as well. Or for me, I think about Dr. Edmonds and how she not only prays for my girls when they come in with any kind of sickness. That's just who she is. I know she's praying at all times. But then how she uses her skill and expertise to not only heal my girls, but to make sure that they don't get sick in the first place. Which is absolutely miraculous. You have no idea how healthcare these days and what it's done for our country, the world, and everything. Back in the day, kids died all the time. It was a miracle that a kid would make it to five. So it's miraculous. I also think about farmers and ranchers, which most people don't. And how God not only calls them to pray for the hungry every single day, but how God also calls them to go out and work their tails off day in and day out, growing, harvesting, and processing our food so that everyone can have something to eat. And this is miraculous. And if you don't believe me, try to go without food for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And then on and on we could go in almost every area of life because not only are we being called to pray for God to do the supernatural, but it's also the case that we are being called to do what we can to cause God's miracles to happen every single day. Because whether you have thought about it in this way or not, as followers of this great miracle worker, we are being called to become miracle workers ourselves or to devote our lives to causing God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today. And um, grateful for an opportunity to rethink what we know about miracles. Now, there is no doubt, O Lord, that we are blown away by the miracles that happen around us. We're blown away when we read stories about how you did this uh, back in the ancient world. And so, Lord, help us as a congregation continue to pray for those things to happen around here when that is needed. But also, O Lord, Help us to see that, that a miracle is bigger than the supernatural. in that a miracle happens every single time your will gets done. And also help us as a congregation to, to be the kind of people who work for that every single day of our lives. Or help us understand, O oh Lord, that you are calling every single one of us to become your miracle workers. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.